in three, two, one. John, are we live? We are live, sir. What's going on, buddy? Not too much, my man. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. I, uh, I'm excited for today's show. Absolutely. John and I always do shout outs at the beginning of the show. And I say this every week, so our guests know what we're about to do. And John always one-ups my shout-outs. Usually two or three-ups my shout-outs, actually. So it's usually about somebody saving a kitten or a puppy or a baby, and then I just wish somebody a happy birthday. Come on now. Come on now. uh, Before we do that, how's your mom? She's doing good. She's doing good. All right. Surgery went well. She's doing really, really good. Good. Um, Like always, she's more worried about me than I am her. Even at the day of surgery, she's like, honey, do I... You want me to come and let the dog out if you're not going to be home? And I'm like, Mom, just stay home. <laughs> you're her baby. You you recover. So thank you for asking. Um, how how about you? Shout outs? Of course I got shout outs. Come on. Oh, here's Hold the on. We've been doing this now. I, uh, I let him go first because I actually think of the shout outs while this is happening. <laughs> I try to one up him every week. Uh, so actually, uh, I got two shout outs. The first one is personal. My brother and sister-in-law just celebrated their 30th wedding anniversary. Ooh. October 22nd, 1988. They got married down in St. Louis. It was awesome. I was the best man. And he gives me credit for being his good luck charm that they're still married all these years. So they're going on a cruise soon. Bill and Sue, uh, happy anniversary. And take me on the cruise with you, please. (laughs) Uh, Secondly, I'm going to put a graphic up. We've got a gentleman... Coming in next week, his name is Ryan Marks, and he's the owner of the VIG, uh, which is not far from here, actually, but uh, November 5th, they are doing a fundraiser called the Herd Fundraiser, which is uh, benefiting research to battle mental health challenges, uh, which is very important. He does a ton of good work, and I told him... Because it was so important that we would make sure that we promo it a little bit before he comes in. So there is a graphic on the screen. We'll talk with him a bunch about it next week, uh, all that's involved. But he does a lot of good work. And check this out leading into next week. And then maybe we'll see if we can do some tickets or something next week. Very cool. Yeah. So those. I see the graphic. Are my, those are my shout outs. That's all I got for you. Well, uh. Again, you probably one up my shout outs. My actual shout out is going to be an event shout out as well. Awesome. Um, shout out to uh, Ryan Cotter and the guys doing the LA Real Estate Rumble, oh, yeah. um, which obviously raises a ton of m- money every single year for charity. Yes. This is the second year in LA. I know they're trying to push a larger event than last year. Uh, good old Albron, our buddy, is actually boxing in it. We'll he see. Is. We'll see he if is. he actually he makes is. it to boxing. I love Albron, but. <laughs> He might pull out. Uh, but if you know anybody in L.A. that's in the real estate construction um, or lending business and um, you guys can tell them about the Real Estate Rumble, please do. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's November 15th. I will share something in the link later mm-hmm. to the video to show the event space, the date, and the time. But help these guys out in L.A. because if they're successful in L.A., um, they're going to move from L.A. to Miami and then I think eventually to New York and do this across the country. And instead of raising 75 to a hundred thousand, hopefully right. raise a quarter million, half a million dollars for charity. So, um, shout out to those guys. Cause they're, I agree. I agree hundred percent. I know that they're working towards a Las Vegas situation. They are so, be in years to come. That's going to be fun. The idea I think, and Cotter might correct me if I'm wrong, right. is to do 
big cities and then have a real estate related kind of championship sure. in Las Vegas that sure, raises sure. a ton of money uh-huh. for charity. I'll attend that. Maybe I'll box in that. Who knows? I, I will attend that. I will not. I'll produce. I'll produce the work, <laughs> but I, I will go out and enjoy it. So uh, shout out to them because they're yeah. they're really doing their very, very best to get traction in L.A., which is not as easy as in Chicago because we obviously have a We've big sphere of influence right. here. Right, so, right. Big so brothers, big sisters. My shout out. Very good. Great shout out. Look at that. <laughs> no right off else. the top of my head while you were right. going. That was good. Um, let's get into the show because I have a feeling that we're going to go through an hour really, really fast with these I two. Concur. Um, my first guest, Melanie Giglio. We were going back and forth <laughs> on how we were going to pronounce her name. <laughs> hyphen Vacos. Correct. I got it right. Of yes. Compass Real Estate and Team MVP. Thank yes. you for coming on. Thank you for having me. Um, let's chat a little bit about real estate in general. But before I get into that, tell me about Compass because they're the talk of the town right now. Everybody and anybody in real estate they'll talk about compass. Some people know what compass is. Some people make a lot of assumptions, but they are definitely the um, newest, coolest kids on the block. So tell us about compass and your (laughs) experience there. I appreciate hearing that. Uh, Yeah. Compass is, it's amazing. Uh, Amazing company. I mean, essentially they're a a technology company that uh, would not be here without, you know, a real estate, (laughs) a realtors. So um, it's, it's pretty phenomenal because if you just look back and how real estate has, you know, evolved and how, well, I guess I should say how much it's, it has not evolved. And, uh, and, you know, Robert Refkin, the founder of Compass had really, uh, take note to that and has now changed what, you know, real estate was and is making it, uh, just evolved it to 2018, 2019 times. And, uh, it's pretty, pretty phenomenal. Um, you know, just from, uh, all the technology that we have at our fingertips and and taking it even to our signage. Yeah. Um, you know, Those everyone, cool signs that come they're out. pretty cool. Yeah. Well, I mean, if are you, they out out? So they're, they're rolling out this month. Okay. I'm waiting for my first one to come. It should be coming any day. Uh, but it's pretty cool. It's got, uh, you know, a, a Bluetooth capability in it. So, you know, someone could just walk by, see the sign. It could just pop up on their phone and, uh, and, you know, talk about the, the property. So it's pretty, pretty phenomenal. For those of you who don't know, go Google Compass Real Estate's signs. They're super, super cool. They are super the cool. The only thing I hope doesn't happen, and this hap- it's probably happened to you as a realtor, is mm-hmm. kids steal signs. I hope nobody steals I these know. things. I think it's going to be pretty hard to... They're probably like the- chipped, right? Yeah. So find yeah. Them. yeah. 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 <laughs> I am sure that yeah, they yeah, are, yeah. okay? Because what they do is, is, you know, everything that they They've do thought with regards about to that. technology. Yeah, yeah. So neighborhood probably. kids don't steal the compass signs. <laughs> They'll come to your house and find them. Um, but they're super, super cool. Um, and you have they're cameras def- on it, too, so we'll watch you and yeah. see if you're... Uh, well, no. Uh, I wish I had cameras on a couple of my signs that got stolen. I had a, a <laughs> listing way up uh, north in Algonquin, of all places, and these kids would just mess with... Finally, I just took the signs down because I'd put up a sign, they'd be gone. I'd put up another sign, they'd steal it again. And I'm like, these damn kids. <laughs> so annoying. Like almost once a week. They wouldn't do it the next day. They'd wait about a week, make me feel comfortable like my sign would still be up there, and then all of a sudden they'd come and 
rip it off again. Sure, sure, was, you sure it sounded a little bit. Uh, little yeah, yeah, it was a competitor. It was a, <laughs> it was a good old Berkshire agent in the neighborhood. Just was like, I, could just, I could see you standing out front of the listing like, these damn kids <laughs> nowadays stealing my signs. So yeah, so Bluetooth. So you guys will find this, the theft. Yes, the thief. yes. Well, hopefully we'll be able to have it illuminated as well because uh, they're kind of, I think the city's fighting with us on that a bit, which oh, I'll really? bring that up too much. Uh-huh. But, uh, you know, they don't want to have it um, illuminated. I'm sure maybe they just want some money. <laughs> yeah, because I was going to say from a, from a, I got a law firm too. We do, we do quite a bit of landlord tenant ordinance stuff. We do a lot of um, building court violations. I don't think there's a code that says you can't have something illuminated in your front yard. It, it, exactly. But I still think they're giving some, putting some heat some on that. money grab. I'm yeah, sure, yeah. I mean, you could put Christmas lights up any time of year, right? Yeah. You could have a lamppost. Lamppost, exactly. Yeah. Why, a lamppost. What's the difference? Yeah, Unless the Almost all cities have a, a sign ordinance they might probably yeah. get you with that yeah you know because we'd probably put a help wanted sign out in front of our office what are you doing and i got some <laughs> inspectors in my lap yeah. yeah you know it could be you know just like having an awning or a sign like roy just said you might just they might be forcing you to pay a fee but that would be hard for you guys then every time you got to put up a sign you have to pay yeah a fee. the sign itself is not cheap so no, yeah. <laughs> fingers crossed that doesn't happen yes. but um anyway. i mean i'm Following Compass, and obviously you guys are, like you said, um, accelerating the growth of the industry because you're right. Historically, real estate, even though it's a multi-trillion dollar industry, it's been stuck in the mud and stuck in the ancient ages, and it's it's even more so out in the suburbs. I think the city agents are a little more with it than the suburban agents. A little agents. more progressive, yeah. Yeah, in the suburbs, it's really, really slow. But yeah, you guys are doing a really nice job of... Um, forcing everybody else to up their game when it comes to the tech side of real estate. Yeah, that's pretty, it's pretty exciting. You know, the the fact of the matter is is they are hiring like the cream of the crop when it comes to just their staff, their back-ended, you know, people. So they are, you know, for instance, when we need help with our marketing and, and whatnot, we go to our marketing people and they are truly the people that have developed, you know, developed things that, are able to bring to the table and allow us to do what we do best and just sell real estate. And then we could have them help us do the marketing end of it and uh, be able to create great marketing uh, plans, marketing tools um, that we could utilize and, but not have to spend hours, days, months to create this, this type of stuff because it's already created for us. Yeah. Let the chef do the cooking so you guys can just go out and produce. Yeah. Yeah. That's what's, that's what they're doing. So it's pretty exciting. What do you think of the market right now? I get this question 10 times a day now because the market's shifting slightly. I have my thoughts. Yeah. I'll well, it, de- it depends, yeah. right? It depends. If you're a buyer, um, it could be great. Yeah. Um, if you're a seller, it could be great as well for different reasons. And if you're an investor, it could be even even better. Yeah. So, um, you know, markets definitely, you could, you could feel things shifting a little bit. We are still extremely busy. Um, but then again, we are a pretty active team, so we're, we don't really see, you know, things slowing down nearly as much as I think maybe some others do. But, um, you know, it's just, I, what we're saying now is that you have to be priced right. Yep. Okay. You can't just give, you know, so much of a cushion, uh, anymore. You really should be priced at market value or even just below that. You know, it's about being the best property at the best price. And those are the properties that do sell. And they'll sell quickly, but when they are priced really aggressively. I I concur 100%. I think people got this notion that, oh my God, it's a seller's market. And it, for some areas, it still is. 
but we can price a little bit high and test the market and then the home just sits and sits and sits. And Always. the newest, cleanest, freshest looking home that's updated obviously is going to move quickly, especially when priced right. But I get a lot of people who homes need updating and they still want to price too high. And I'm like, yeah, you might want to hit the market value on the head, just like you said, and strum up some interest because you don't want to sit for too long. Absolutely. It's so important these days to make sure that your home is in tip top condition out the door. Yeah. Uh, you know, I always, always, always tell people, you know, it, most of the time it's about just refreshing, you know, just painting the entire home getting new carpeting, uh, staging is always of, of utmost importance. And by doing those things, uh, those key items, usually you'll have a lot more success than just putting it out of the market at a lower price, you know, because you haven't done any work. It's always going to have more success when you do all of that work and, uh, and then price it accordingly. I concur again. I think <laughs> we have the same mindset when it comes to uh, listing real estate. The Increasing interest rates. Have you seen people complain about that? And what are your thoughts on kind of the rates ha having gone up a little bit? Yeah, sure. Well, being in the industry for uh, over 16 years, we've seen it go up and down. Uh, certainly hasn't, we haven't seen it going in that 18% range, right. but I, I knew about it, but I wasn't, you know, working uh, during that time. But um, I, I haven't seen such a, a significant difference yet because I still feel like it still is low. That's what I tell you know? people. You know, 5%. It's, it's only 5%. Historically low. I think it people is. have short-term memories and they say, okay, in 2013 it was three and a quarter and now it's five. Yeah, but a few years before that it was seven or eight. Exactly. So it's, and way before that it was in the teens. So historically, and I tell my clients all the time, you're getting a loan for, somebody's giving you a loan for hundreds of thousands of dollars for 30 years. 5% is not a big interest rate. It really is not when you look at it from that perspective. perspective. Yeah, absolutely. It's mostly, it's my, they bought in 2013-ish, 2014, and they're flipping into maybe a slightly larger home, and they remember the first time they bought a house, it was three and a quarter. So now they want to buy, and it's five, and they're like, well, why are rates so high? And I have to coach them on, they're not that high. You just bought at the lowest of the low when it comes to interest rates. 100%, yep. Um, and I see it a lot in my younger buyers now that keep complaining about it, but I keep telling them it's not so bad. We just have to educate them. Yeah. That's so what it is. How long have you been in the business? Over 16 years. How did you get into real estate? Uh, well, I have always been in sales in one way, shape, or form from when I was very, very young. And just to continue on you know, through life, I knew I was always going to be in sales. And then at just one point when I was trying to figure out my next my next move after I got out, you know, got out, out of college, um, I thought that real estate would just be the, you know, the right move for me to make. Why not be able to sell something that is going to make a, a huge impact on, you know, on, on a person? Um, it's usually typically their largest investment they're ever going to make in their lifetime or one of them. And uh, be able to help them uh, achieve that is, you know, sounded very, you know, exciting for me. So I just dove into it. Awesome. We have a shout out to you from Tanya Wells. She said, best Chicago realtor. She <laughs> your, put your whole name, Melanie Giglio Vagos. And she said, hi from Tampa. Wish she could sell here in Florida. Oh, that was sweet of her. Yeah. Thank so you, you, Tanya. So you got a shout out there. And then we got a thumbs up from Tim. Um, well, she can nice. refer you to people in Tampa. Absolutely, that, that you Tanya. Do. do you hear that? <laughs> so if you have a real estate need, she can find the right realtor in Tampa or anywhere in Florida and then refer it out. I have amazing uh, 
connections all over the world uh, from Compass uh, in general, but then also I, I do coaching as well with Tom Ferry, and I have met some incredible uh, top, top brokers all over, all over the United States and the I, world. And I tell that to friends and family who live in other places. I say, hey, listen, if you, don't, if you have a realtor you trust, obviously work with them. But if you don't and you reach out to somebody who knows what they're doing, they can vet the right realtor in your area, look into what they do, look into their sales, kind of do a little bit of due diligence and then send you to them. And it does benefit us. So, you know, our family members or friends from other places reach out to us, even if you're buying in a different state. Thank you for saying that. That is true. I uh, <laughs> tell our realtors all the time, you know, I, I coach and train a lot of realtors and my day to day job mostly is coaching and training realtors. And a lot of times they'll say, well, you know, I just moved here from X state and do I, should I really market to those people? And I'm like, yes, you should be the go to the, um, the person they go to when they need real estate advice, whether it's to buy, sell, if they need to call you to ask you a question, you need to be the authority to your sphere of influence. And people miss that. I think as realtors, I think so as well. Yes. I'm going to bring in our next guest because I think the round table portion of this, John is going to be a lot of fun with the two of them. So I'm going to bring, um, Roy in here. Roy Spencer is the He's Mr. Permaseal. He's the president <laughs> visionary. He's the uh, the man at Permaseal. Obviously, Melanie and I know what Permaseal is, and um, a lot of our clients they refer to anything basement um, waterproofing as Permaseal. It's become the word for waterproofing a basement. But I don't want to explain what Permaseal does. I'm going to let you explain what Permaseal does. And thank you for being on with us. Oh, my pleasure. Thank you for the opportunity. Um, well, we're uh, 40 years young as a business. I started business myself 40 years ago, and uh, we've continued to evolve in our uh, services. Uh, so I started off doing just that, basement waterproofing, but uh, now we do structural foundation repairs as well. Uh, we have, uh, in our efforts to help keep basements dry all the time, uh, we've gotten involved with sewer backup because people's basements flood not because there's anything wrong with the basement, because the sewer's back up. There's water in the basement, so they call Permaseal. And uh, so we uh, found a way to help those people. So we have a, a plumbing division now so that we can help prevent sewer backup. We can do sewer rotting and camering, and so people's water wow. basements don't flood because their sewer's backed up and, and things, either municipal sewer backup or just household because, you, you know, tree roots and things like that. So we have a, a plumbing division. Uh, we have a electrical, uh, we have licensed electricians as well, so we can put in some pumps and backup pumps and all that and do all that. Um, one of our newest divisions is, is concrete raising. So it's one of our fastest growing and, and most popular uh, services is, you know, uh, a lot of people are familiar with the, you know, the sidewalk is, is sinking or you go to go pull in the, the garage and, and, and then there's a bump there because the side of the driveway has sunk and things. So we have a, a fantastic uh, new service where we can actually raise concrete. We inject a modified urethane underneath the concrete slab and literally raise it. And in a few minutes, it's back perfectly level again. So wow. it's... Uh, so we listen to our clients, and, 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 and they're, from day one, they say, hey, can you do this? Can you do that? Because they like having a contractor they can trust. And so, hey, can you fix my windows? Can you do the roof? Can you do this and that? So we, we have to uh, make sure that things that we do that we can really do very well. And so we're very circumspect about the services that we do. But once we have identified something that we can do 
better than anybody else and, and, and create the best value for them, then yeah, that's a permasale service. So right now I say we do uh, crawl space encapsulation is another thing. There's a lot of dirt crawl spaces you folks see and yeah. things like, whoa, I wouldn't go down there in a bet. Well, we can turn it into a very valuable, usable part of the house. And, and so when the building inspectors or realtors go, oh, I got to look in the crawl space and they open it up and whoa, wow, look bright white clean and say what is this that's, that's my perma sealed crawl space uh, yeah. uh we a uh, big chunk of our business is uh, crawl space encapsulation so so i said we uh do a lot of things basically our our mission is to uh, uh help people make their homes healthier and more valuable you guys have evolved so much i mean it's like you've taken all the needs that somebody has when it comes from foundation, basement, crawl space, and you hit every single one of those now. And um, he, I, I feel like anytime somebody, and Melanie's probably going to agree with me, goes into a home and is viewing it and is thinking about, you know, w what are my concerns about a house? It almost always goes to my basement or my crawl space. Agreed? 100%. Yeah. You know, if we tell them the roof is old, they'll say, okay, that's going to cost some money. But it, the idea that maybe a drop of water would hit a basement <laughs> makes people panic and run out of a house. Um, so what you guys do really helps Melanie and I out quite a bit because it brings comfort to them to let them know, hey, listen, this is doesn't have to be a permanent problem. There's a permanent solution to it. And the solution you guys have for at least waterproofing can be permanent, correct? Absolutely. And uh, it's actually, yes, about how I got in the business. I'm sure you'll get to that. But that was really what it was, what attracted me to this business is that when I came into this industry 40 years ago, that was not the case. There were no permanent solutions. At least no one was practicing that. And there was a lot of chicanery and temporary patches and patch it and, and uh, now and fix it later and service, you know, things that weren't permanent. And that was rife in our industry. That was the industry standard. And I kind of fell into the industry. I answered an ad in a paper and it said, uh, you know, management trainee. So I, I didn't know I was applying for a waterproofing company and, and, and stuff. And I, I showed up and they gave me a shovel and said, here, manage this. And, <laughs> and so I, I literally fell into the, the waterproofing industry. But once I got into it and I understood and saw what was going on, I go, well, that's not right. I wasn't brought up this way. You're misleading people. And, you, you know, you're, you're leading people to believe they're getting a permanent repair, but they're not. And they're having problems. So that's the worst thing, right? You think the basement's dry, so you put things down there and then, right. lo and behold, um, so that was really the impetus for, for me starting my company uh, is I, I saw an opportunity that to do the right thing um, for, for, for uh, people. And uh, that's one of the things I'm most proud of uh, over the years. We've actually transformed as we've become the industry leader. Uh, so now not only have we helped over 350,000 people in, in, in Chicago wow. and Northwest Indiana uh, have uh, healthier and, and drier homes, um, but, you know, of course, we have competition. Other people, there's other young Roy Spencers out there who want to start their waterproofing company. Well, guess what? They emulate Permaseal now. And so we've actually forced uh, our competitors uh, to perform at a higher standard and things like that. So, yeah. I, I can, with 100% certainty, say none of your competitors have the recognition that you guys have. Because, like we said at the beginning, I, 
every time somebody's like, what should we do to fix this basement? We got to perma seal the basement. That's, that's what everybody says. Realtors say it. We were, we were laughing um, before going on air. On the MLS, sometimes you look at a listing and it says basement perma sealed or will pay <laughs> to perma seal. We will perma seal the basement. <laughs> right. And uh, so we should stick them to that. We should tell them they got to call Roy. You said you will perma seal the basement. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, you guys have really kind of set the industry standard and obviously keep elevating it. The story about how you got into it and opened the business of perma seal is fascinating. Go ahead and tell that story. I'd, I'd love for people to hear it. Well, um, like I say, I it, it just got to the point. I, I worked for a, a waterproofing company, as I mentioned, just kind of fell into it. And I go, well, this is wrong. And a friend says, and I worked there for about a year, and I said, I, I got to get out of this. And a friend says, well, I work for a, a larger company, and we do things better. So I went to work for another waterproofing company, and they did things differently, but not better. And that's when I recognized uh, the whole industry is wrong. And I, I thought, oh, I, I got to go sell insurance, be a realtor. I got to do something else. I wasn't brought up. This, this is just wrong. And I thought, well, you know what? I, I've got a couple years here. I, I know what not to do, okay? And I had a pretty good inkling what could be done. And so I thought, you know, what the heck? So like I said, I had $1,700 in a bank. I had a wife and a baby and a, a one-bedroom apartment and a F-150 pickup truck. And that was the genesis of Permaseal. And I put an ad in the Penny Saver or Highlighter. I really can't remember. I think it was the Penny Saver. And, uh, well, waterproof for food. <laughs> and... Uh, and uh, I remember the first phone call I, I got, and the guy said, yeah, I want you to come out and give me an estimate. Really? Oh, you know, it was so exciting, you know? And it's it not just exciting, it was nerve-wracking. I mean, I had to survive. I mean, yeah. I, there was no net, there was, it was 1,700 hours, you know? And so I'm handing out flyers at four in the morning, putting them on mailboxes, and, and doing whatever I can to do, guerrilla marketing and, and things. And, uh, but it's just so exciting when I had my first opportunity to, to, to help somebody and, uh, things like that. So I did that for uh, a year or two, just working by myself and, and, and uh, things took off. And again, it, thank you for, you know, acknowledging the Permacil brand. And, and, you know, we do a lot of marketing obviously and stuff, but that's not where it started. It, it started by doing the right thing. And sure enough, that guy told two friends and they told two friends and uh, we were able to build up this book of uh, referrals and things. And uh, that's really what caused Permaseal to become a household name is for all the marketing that we do. Today, over 60% of the people who call Permaseal, they, they, they talk to a friend, somebody yeah. at work, you did my parents' house, you did my last house, it's referral-based. And uh, or, or realtors, you know, they first all the time, I've got real, I tell my sales consultants all the time, I've got realtors in my Rolodex, because I still have a Rolodex, <laughs> <laughs> and they do. <laughs> Uh, you know, once you get in a Rolodex, you're their guy. And so you, you build up this uh, 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 referral chain and things, and it, and it really works. It's, that is one of my favorite entrepreneur stories that we, we've heard on here. It's, um, it's a great story. Did you always want to be an entrepreneur, or did this really go from kind of I was trying to get a job, saw a void in the market, and jumped in? Or was being an entrepreneur always something you wanted to do? Well, it, it's funny. I, I bumped into a, a cousin I hadn't seen for years and years and years, and, and this was some years ago. But anyhow, I said, well, you know, I, I was telling her I'd started my business, and I'd been in business for 10 years or whatever. And, and uh, I said, you know, I never you know, set off to start my own business. I always thought that I was going to, you know, do the American dream. I worked my way through college, get a college degree, go to work for the corporate world, work my way up the corporate ladder, and hopefully become a manager or, you know, like that someday. 
And, uh, and it didn't work out that way. When I, when I got out of school, I, I, I took a job in, in retail for Kresge's. They own Kmart's and things like that, in retail management. And I go, okay, here I go. I've launched my... <laughs> and I was there, like say, not much in a year. And I go, wow, this is awful. And I, <laughs> and I didn't mind the long hours and all that's involved in retail. And that didn't bother me at all. But it was the, uh, shall we say, the political world and, 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 and the corporate BS that, like, wow, why am I, you know, oh, the district manager's coming and get your notebook and have a sign it. And I go, what, what, what? You know, <laughs> I don't understand. And, and I, I, I recognize I was not going to thrive in the corporate environment, you know. And so that's when I put the ad in the paper and uh, went to work in, in the waterproofing business. So, anyhow, back to my story with my cousin. So years later, I'm telling, well, I didn't set out to start my own business. And she just laughed. She says, Roy, when you were a kid, she's a couple years older than me, she, we watched you and, and, and you mowed lawns and had paper routes and worked the drugstore and picked up pop bottles along the highway. And all, you were always, and, I, and, and of course I was, but I never thought about that. And, and so I was very entrepreneurial as a kid. I had to be because I, I, I always say I had a, uh, um, a privileged childhood. I grew up poor. <laughs> and so I had the privilege of learning. Yeah. If you want something, you, you go out and earn it, and uh, and that's that's true. And because today, a lot of kids uh, don't have that privilege, and they just things are given to them, and they come easy to them, and, and things. So they, they haven't learned that. So, um, like I say, I was always an entrepreneur, but I never really thought about well, that's what I'll be when I grow up. Yeah. <laughs> but it turns out that's what I was meant to be. The work ethic was definitely there. Yeah. And yeah. then you found you found that void. So. And this is a question I, I honestly don't know the answer to. Melanie might. If somebody wants to, do, let's say we have a basement and um, you want to keep it from flooding, but you're not going to go all the way to sealing a basement. Any good tips about one, two, three things you should do? We know you got to have a sump pump. You know, anything else that you should be looking for doing? Backup batteries? Well, first and foremost, not all basements have sump pumps. And, and you know, a lot of old basements, they were never built with sump pumps, and they're dry. You know, they don't have one. If you don't have a problem, don't fix it, okay? Uh, but most basements, most modern basements, you can't build it without a sump pump, and, and there's a reason for that because you're digging a hole in the ground and, and to put the, the foundation in, right? Well, what's water want to do? It, it, it wants to run down and fill in around the foundation. So everybody has water and water pressure around their foundation, and uh, most of us uh, have clay soil. So water is trapped between this real hard, unexcavated clay and your foundation creates pressure. And what's concrete do? It does two things. It gets hard and it cracks. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and, and, and so you're going to have cracks and joints and, and things. So water, you know, it, of course you're going to have water in your basement. That's how they're designed. And that's why they design them with waterproofing systems and sump pumps and drain tiles to accommodate that. So... Uh, you're right, Mo. I mean, uh, you, you look at it and say, well, all basements are going to leak. And people used to think that. Well, of course, basements leak. That's what they do. And in our parents' generation, like I say, that's, there was no option. Even if you called a waterproofing contractor, your basement was still going to leak. Yeah. So I, I can understand how that perception has formed. But it, it's really not the case now. Uh, we have the technology and, and the tools and the ability to make your basement no dry no matter what, no matter how hard it rains it can be dry. Now, if you want it dry, as I say, all the time, and not just some of the times, you know, because some people say, my basement only leaks when it rains. Well, well duh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but uh, at Permaseal, our, our clients have basements even when it does rain, even when it rains really hard. Yeah. 
Yeah. Uh, to get back to your question, if I had to give one piece of advice to keep from flooding, the most important thing you can do is to keep your sump pump working because you might have a crack and it'll leak into the crack and you get a puddle of water here, a puddle of water there. But the sump pump, really, uh, the purpose of it is to keep the water table down beneath the basement floor. And once the pump, sump pump tops fail, uh, sump pump fails, um, water will actually rise up, and you can get several inches of water in a basement in a very short period of time. So that's probably, you know, in terms of a catastrophic, I don't want to flood, you want to keep your, your, your sump pump working. Now, uh, can I do a commercial here? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Go for it. <laughs> Obviously, I, I've known this for 40 years, and, and, and many years ago, I said, well, we're not, we will never put in a sump pump without recommending a backup pump. Why, Melanie? How many pumps fail? All the time. All of them, you know. <laughs> all pumps all fail. You just don't know when, right? Yep, so you we, just don't, and you don't want to know when. I'm going to put a pump in here to keep your basement dry. Well, the pump's going to fail, and you may not be aware of when it does, so we're going to put a backup pump so it will work on a battery when it does fail. And that's really been great for us and, and our, our clients what, but batteries what do they do they fail too. They, they get old they die they have a charger blah 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 mechanical things can fail so it's been very frustrating me to be in business and i'm the go-to guy and permaseal is that the one to go if you want your basement dry all the time and we, yet we would still have failures because things fail mechanical things fail so it's just uh four years ago i i found a solution and it's taken us four years to bring this to market and this is the first year we've been marketing it's a brand new service that you know uh i invented and, and had produced and it's called the basement defender it's the first time uh you can put a device in your sump pump that will literally test your pump every day wow because people say how often should i check my pump you told me you know that to avoid a flood i should um check my pump well how often should i do it you know once a month one twice a year every day because you don't know when that pump's going to fail and typically when do you find out during a bad storm and then what do you do it's too late and, and things or i thought i had a backup pump and well it's not working who knew okay right. well now you will know so we've got an app on our phone for the basement defender and, and at uh, eight o'clock in the morning you're going to hear your pump run temporarily and then you can hear your backup pump run temporarily and if there's any problem with either pump the battery or the charger You'll, you'll get a notification on your app. Hey, your backup pump's running. Maybe you should check your primary thing. So I'm very excited about that because now uh, you can really, as close as we can get to ultimate peace of mind, knowing that your basement's not going to flood. That is amazing. How much would that cost? For you? <laughs> yeah, for me. <laughs> Maybe Melanie, too. Yeah, me too, please. No, you know, it's, uh, and my clients. It's about $860 in, in, installed for the unit, and uh, then... Uh, for the uh, monthly fee, uh, get the app and, and notifications and things, and it's like eleven ninety five a month. It's worth its weight in gold. Well, if your clients or you've ever gone cleaned up through a basement flood just one time, I have. It, it was just times. like, yeah. and, you, and if you can, that will keep you from that ever happening again. That's a small price to pay. Oh, I, I yeah. agree. I, 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 we were talking off air. I have some flooding problems in the new house I bought, and I have I'm gonna have to have you come by and take a peek at it. But if you've ever been through a flood, you 100%, that's, that's pocket change to fix it. Melanie, have you ever had any 
crazy flood horror stories now that we're on this? <laughs> uh, too many, uh, unfortunately. And um, and you know, that was just one thing that as you were talking, I was just, my wheels were, were turning here. And I just feel like there have been so many times where I actually lost a deal, just like hey, you had yeah. mentioned, mm-hmm. where, you know, going through inspection and God forbid, there was at one time there was this, you know, there, there was flooding back in, you know, at one, it might have been one time or multiple times, whatever the case may be, but it, all it takes is that one time to scare a buyer away and not want to move forward with a property. And that's been like the hardest thing to, you know, reel them back in and say, listen, this is not that big of a deal. Let's, we could, we could go through this and, and take care of it and not, uh, you know, and not have it be a future issue yeah, well, or have I it say, be you a go through deal. a flood you, you are permanently scarred and, and and rightfully phobic about that and so when you run into a, a home with that looks like it's you know had problems or something you're going to look at other homes right mm-hmm. and and things and, and that's why you know uh we give a, a lifetime warranty that's transferable with their property so the homeowner our clients can say hey i had it permasealed and and i uh uh, I use Permaseal for my services, <laughs> and um, and and we haven't had any problem. And I've got a guarantee that if you ever do, Permaseal will come back and repair it absolutely hard charge. And and that usually gives people that's as close as peace of mind as you're going to get. Of course. And so now that uh, that warranty does transfer over to the new homeowner. Absolutely. We really don't know or care who's living in the house. We're guaranteeing yeah. that house. And that's so that's amazing. what differentiates ours from a lot of other ones. Yeah, that is, that is a differentiator for sure. That's some of the competitors. It's yeah. your lifetime of ownership of the house, and it doesn't go to the next person. Right, right. Yeah, no, that's really exciting. Well, um, you know, and again, we have one, uh, a couple like that or several, and one of them even restricts it. Okay, we'll we'll do it for the, the next buyer. You know, they'll do it for the next buyer. And in my mind, my, my frame of mind thinking is like, Hey, if this is a permanent repair, I'm going to stand behind it. What difference is to me who owns the house? Yeah. You know, if I did my work sure. right, the basement's going to be dry, irrespective of who lives in it. Right. So why would your warranty be restricted to that? All that is is a telltale sign they probably haven't done, com- you know, uh, permanent work that they're confident in standing behind. Mm-hmm. No, that makes sense. We have a question from Alex Egan. Does Perma do drainage systems outside of the house? Also do they do demo slash restoration if the basement does flood? Uh, yes and no. Uh, we absolutely do outside drainage systems. Sometimes a lot of our work is done inside and we can do it year round, but there's always choices and we can do the work inside or outside depending on the nature of the problem. Usually, you know, outside involves excavating and things like that. We also do subsoil drainage and yard drainage. So you got a low spot in your yard, just needs drainage, just like a landscaper would. We can put in yard drainage and we do a lot of downspout extensions and some pump drainage work and extend that away from the house. But sometimes we also excavate houses and, and do the waterproofing from the outside so we don't have to disturb the inside. So there's always a, a choice to be made there. So yes, we, we do that. Um, as far as demoing after a flood, uh, we tip, there are companies that do flood restoration. And so, uh, we would strongly recommend if you had a flood to get a, a reputable, uh, company in there to do, uh, flood restoration because they will decontaminate things and really dry things out. Then we can come in and waterproof it so it doesn't happen again. But it, a lot of people, it's not just a matter of mopping the water up and pumping the water out because especially if there's wood products or drywall or something, all that should be removed. And again, depend. it's a case-by-case case basis. If it's just a matter of removing drywall, we can do that. 
but if there's carpets to be removed and, and, and people want things restored, probably refer them to a, a restoration company that way. Sure. But uh, yeah, we're we. A nice thing about our estimates is that they're free. <laughs> okay, so you have a water problem, a concern in your basement, give us a call. We'll come out. We'll tell you what we can do and what we can't do, and and. We, we customize every solution because what we're going to do in your house, Mo, is going to be different than what we recommend in Melanie's or, or John's house. So everyone is different. So uh, let's see if we can help you. You know, one thing I just thought of with the basement defender was actually one of my horror stories. For people who travel a lot and have two homes, mm. this is even more valuable. I had a client one time in Skokie, and Melanie might appreciate this. Sometimes people will call you and say, Hey, I'm thinking of selling my home, but I'm not there. You know, you can gain access. Somebody will let you into the house. Can you go take a look at it and put a value on it? So I go to this home in Skokie, and he hadn't been there for two months. He was down in Southern California. And I walk into the house. I go into the basement, and there's like a foot and a half of standing uh, water. And I was like, oh, my God. I called uh, him right away. I actually FaceTimed him so he could see it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I got bad news for you. And I kind of turned the phone, and he oh. gasped. And... Um, Got somebody in there to you know drain it out, take care of it, and tear up the basement. Tons of mold. People don't realize when yeah. water sits for a long time, the next byproduct of that is yeah. mold. And something like the basement defender, especially for people who spend a lot of time away from their home, yeah. that's a crazy value. It really it's a no-brainer. Is. And there, there's two <laughs> other features I didn't even mention. It, In addition, why it's doing the daily testing of the pumps, it also tests the temperature and the humidity level in the basement. So if there's things that vary into that, you'll get a notification of that. So you're on vacation in Hawaii in January and you're having a good time. Pipes freeze or something and, and stuff. And, you know, might not be, uh, you know, the pipe burst or something, but maybe the pump's not running or whatever. But the temperature in a house has gotten, you know, 50 degrees or, or lower. Absolutely. Well, you're, you're, it goes beyond the boundary. You're going to get a text app and say the temperature in your house now is 50 degrees. Say, what's going on before your pipes burst? Wouldn't that be a good thing to know? Yeah. So it, that's why we have the temperature sensor in there. And the humidity level is the same thing. Uh, what Typically what happens is uh, the house is, is, is locked up and it's, once the humidity level in the basement, which is where the humidity level is highest in the basement or crawl space, gets above 60%, mold just takes off. I mean, right. you have mold in your house, I have it in my house, everybody has mold, but it's dormant, and that's a good thing. Once it becomes uh, alive and starts thriving, then it, it really propagates and takes off, and it, and it contaminates the air. About 60% of the air you breathe upstairs is coming from the downstairs environment. So very rapidly, it's a very dangerous and, and bad thing to happen. So you want to maintain that humidity level. And so, again, we sample the air every day and let you know what the humidity level is in your basement so you can take action before something like that happens. It's fascinating you said that. Smart home tech has become such a big thing. I was at the Chicago Association of Realtors. Actually, it was the NAR. They're in the NAR building now. They have a, I don't know, Melanie, if you've ever visited their uh, tech center where they test all the new tech. You got to go. I think it's open to realtors. You can actually just schedule time and go. And they said the next big movement, and obviously you have like the Alexas and you have uh, smart thermostats. They said the next big push, and this was last year when we went, is air quality in homes, is the next wave of big smart home tech, smart home tech uh, movement is the air quality. So you guys are on that already. Well, we, 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 we... just like the other parts or services that evolved because I used to waterproof people's basements and just that. And I would put in the drain tile and some pumps, fix the cracks and everything. And 
be all dry. And we go through a really hard storm and said, Roy, we're very happy with the work. It, 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 no more water. But you know what? It still feels damp down here. It still feels like a basement, just damp, muggy. Couldn't argue with him. It was. And don't you know why? It was because of the excess humidity. So years ago, we, we, we uh, found a product uh, that does air dehumidification. So dehumidifiers are not new. We see them in basements all the time. And you guys see them in the basements all the time. And somebody's emptying it all the time or forgetting to empty it all the time. But even when it's running, it still feels damp and humid. That's why they bought it. Mm -hmm. Typically, the small 40-pint dehumidifier they buy, it's working and, and emptying water and all that, taking water out. But it, it's not changing the environment because it's not powerful enough to do the job. So we've got a dehumidification system at, at, at Permaseal that is strong enough that will keep the humidity level throughout the entire basement below that you know level uh, where where mold can grow. So you have to have the right equipment. But you're absolutely right. I mean, basements can be dry in the sense that they don't get water when it rains, but they can still feel very damp and be a, a, a bad environment. And like I say, that that dampness doesn't stay in a basement and that mold and humidity that is mold spores and air quality doesn't stay in a basement it, it remnants there and we're talking about radon gas and everything else that comes out of the earth is seeping into the basement and then going up through the rafters through the roof it's sucked up through the uh, attic vents and everything so that's the upward uh, air movement of the house so yeah air quality is always well for the last you know 20 years has been very important to us as well I'm learning a lot. I think Melanie is so, probably so too. I'm, I'm fascinated by this. Any smart home tech, Melanie, that you are seeing kind of pop in that's the new big trend now? Yeah. Well, I do a lot of new construction. Okay. And so my developers, uh, it, depending on the, which developer, some do more than others, um, but they're all about the smart home technology in general. Um, you know, they like to be able to have everything kind of talk to each other and make it very easy and convenient from you know, opening uh, doors to blinds to temperature to alarms and all of that. Um, of course, your uh, your sound with a stereo and whatnot. Um, but air you know, air quality control has never come up, and I think that's really fascinating, and it makes just a lot of sense that it should be a part of that whole, uh, you know, that entire system. And just curious, because now that as I'm, you know, learning so much from you, um, do you ever work with developers, you know, when they're building homes to, to permaseal their the basements in the very beginning before the home is even finished? Oh, yeah. We love working with architects and, and things. And honestly, uh, we have a whole division that works with new construction. It's relatively small because the people who are interested in having their basement permanently waterproofed initially uh, – it's typically not your tracked home builder. Right? They're building, you know, hundreds of homes in the subdivision. Yeah. Uh, they're more interested in, in putting money in appliances and, and, and things that, you know, curb appeal and make it, sell, you know, something sexy, not a dry basement, right? right. But it does cost money uh, to make a basement permanently dry and put a, uh, like the, the coating they put on the foundation wall. They, they spray it black and it's called damp proofing and yes. it's just that. But it's not waterproofing right. and that's going to crack just as soon as the concrete cracks and you're going to have leaks years down the road so the builders we deal with are, are people who typically they're custom home builders they're very concerned about their name they know they're going to get a call eight years down the road from the guy hey bill you built my house and it's leaking they know they're going to get that call and they don't want that call and so they're willing to spend the money 
And so they design their houses uh, around our specifications, and, and, and they, they think it's, it's money well spent. So when they, uh, you know, they're building this beautiful home for people, and they know they're going to spend a lot of money in their basement with the home theater and stuff, they don't want to take any chances. So they're going to call Permasale, and we're going to design a system that will be uh, you know, as bulletproof as possible. I just think that makes so much sense. I feel like I'm going to demand my developers to go. do this. Yeah. Well, that's why I say we uh, talked to architect, and they actually build in our specifications. So when the builder, you know, so this is how they can put it out for it, bid if they want, but it's got to be done this way. It's just, I think it's a great marketing tool. I mean, you know, Absolutely. when I talk about the smart, you know, home automation, you know, that's something I hit on. Why wouldn't I want to brag about uh, a home being perma-sealed? You don't have to worry, say perma-sealed, uh, yeah. so you don't have to worry about, you know, uh, those type of, of, uh, you know, issues down the road. I just think that's a really smart thing to, to add. Especially and from the beginning. And I think it adds value. It, 100%. How could it, how could it not? Yeah, it's just so, most people just don't think about it. And you get excited about building a new house. Oh, I'm going to have the bedrooms. I have this great kitchen. I have this family room. And they just assume the basement. It's brand new. Assume it's going to be dry. Yeah. And it probably is for the first year. And you have the builder's year warranty. But I can almost guarantee <laughs> Everything you happens in three, after five, that seven year. years, <laughs> it's not going to be dry any longer. But people don't th yeah. think like that. That's yeah. not their first thought. Well, that's what you have to do. Uh, that's, that's my job is to educate them and explain what, you know, what could happen and what would be beneficial for them you know, either now or down the road. And I think things of that sort, I think, is something that I, I need to bring up to my clients and ensure them that, uh, you know, we do do stuff like this. This is going to be really beneficial for you and not cause you that headache, you know, down the road. So. Well, I was telling Mo before we get started here that I actually just got licensed last year to teach real estate classes on dry basement and healthy homes and okay. and so just to educate realtors and let them know what's available what kind of things to look for because again we do structural repairs as well and this is actually a big time of year for that people are seeing they're seeing structural problems and and they don't necessarily relate that to the basement or the foundation they just think oh my windows won't open or i got a new crack in my drywall and tuck point or something i, I gotta have it tuck pointed they don't understand that the whole house is resting on the foundation when the foundation moves the whole house moves with it. So they yeah. don't always connect those dots. And so when you see, as a realtor, you, you see this huge crack in, in the brickwork, what would you tell them? You know, and, mm -hmm. and things that a major problem, minor problem. So that's the kind of things we cover in our classes for realtors. Melanie and I might be coming to visit your class. Uh, 100%. I, I, so I want my, my credits for that, yes. <laughs> yeah, I, luckily, I only have to do law CLE, so I don't have to do the real estate, but I'm going to send but a bunch of our it, agents. Right? I, uh, <laughs> it's a class that I would attend because yeah. it's, like I said at the beginning, when I'm going through a home, the biggest concern people have is making sure foundation or the foundation's okay and the basement is dry and the more I've learned so much today just chatting with you that the I'm sure your course is going to get into a whole lot more detail the more I know the more effective realtor I can be to my clients and that's really what's uh, so important you know I, anyone could be become a realtor anyone it's could an get their license class. yeah anyone could get the license it's it's the 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 additional um, education that you could get and provide to your clients I think is really what provides a value to the client it makes a big difference so um, that's definitely a class that I would want to be a part of. And, you know, just to uh, be able to educate my client when we are walking through during inspection and see that not to freak them out, but yet tell them how, um, how could re we could resolve it and how it could not be an issue down the road and they could get the home of their dreams minus the cracks and, and you know, water issues. So I, I like that. Uh, you're a popular 
um, Peggy Giglio, I'm guessing it's a family oh, member, <laughs> said the most amazing realtor, exclamation point. I, I should count yeah. my mother for, for uh, being on Facebook. She, oh. She's on Facebook a lot more than I am. <laughs> well, so it's funny. My mom obviously wanted to watch the show live, so she was very against getting a Facebook, but I think she actually, I think she actually got one, so she can only watch the show. <laughs> That's so great. I'm going to change gears a little bit because both of you do some um, great charitable type work. Um, I'll start with you. What um, You're starting a new charity, working with a new charity. You've worked with one in the past. Go ahead and tell people the charitable type of work <laughs> sure. you guys do. Uh, well, well, next month, I'm really excited. I've been wanting to do this for years, and I'm so embarrassed to say that I didn't do it sooner, but I'm uh, working with Habitat for Humanity to build a house. Awesome. And, you know, it was, it was donate, which is one thing, but to actually be a part of the whole building process, I think it's just going to be so much, uh, I, I'm going to get so much more satisfaction out of it. I'm super excited about putting on the tool belt and uh, and They're going to give you a nails. shovel like he got 40 years now. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so uh, yeah, so we're doing that, and um, and I've always just been a, a big advocate of Immerman Angels. Uh, it's a one-on-one -on -one cancer support. Uh, Johnny Immerman is one of my closest friends of because I just believe in what he's doing. Uh, if you've ever heard of it, it it matches cancer patients uh, with cancer survivors and really matches them as closely as you possibly could get. Same age, same type of cancer, same kind of life, and so forth, and and try to gives that. You know, when they match them up, they become their angel to help them through the process and give them more hope when they may not have that much hope at that at that moment. And I always believed in it, knowing Johnny and what he's been doing. Uh, I always been a big advocate of it. But then when I got cancer back in end of 2011, um, he was the first person I called and told him, I said, you're not going to believe this, Johnny. I said, I got cancer now too. And he got me matched up with someone and same age. She had, she had one child, um, you know, everything was matched up the same type of cancer because my cancer was different than your, a lot of other common breast cancers that are out there. You don't realize that breast cancer is not just breast cancer. So, um, they matched up with my rare type of cancer and you know, it was nice to hear that this person is now running marathons, doing great, and uh, and I made gave me more hope than what I think I typically would have had if I didn't have that conversation with her. Well, very happy that you obviously beat it. Is my oh yeah, all good. Kicked its butt. All good. And um, <laughs> John had uh, asked for a website. Do they have a of website the charity, right? of the charity? That you uh, know of? Yeah, immermanangels.org. Yeah. I'm sorry. What is it again? Immermanangels.org. Um, I've heard of them, and I've had. Uh, a couple people in my family um, battle and beat cancer as well. Um, right. So I, uh, yeah, they do incredible, incredible work. Yeah, I, I think so. they're amazing. Uh, truly, anyone out there that ever, I mean, everyone runs into someone, knows yeah. someone that is uh, battling cancer and that just go on that website, put in the information and they'll connect you within like a few days max and uh, and just put you through the right people. It's it's amazing. Well, two amazing charities. Good luck building the home. Yeah, I'm excited. Maybe you'll learn something about waterproofing before <laughs> then, and you'll you'll be directing everybody while you guys are building the home. Like, no, 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 no. That's not what you do. I learned from Mr. Permaseal himself. I'm honored. <laughs> um, and um, Roy, you are doing a bunch of different things. Uh, we spoke off air about a uh, mentorship um, program that you're working with. Go ahead and 
Well, I, you know, I, I, I mentor a, a young man, and uh, I try, and I've spoken to various groups and things, and I really try and encourage entrepreneurism. And I, I'm sorry, today's this world we have today, you know, there's a lot of disparagement of, of capitalism, and oh, well, yeah, back in your day you could do that, but. You know, it, it's not possible today and stuff like that. It, it totally is. You know, it, you know, I was a, I have a great American you know, success story and it can be easily, uh, easily, nothing's easy in life, but it can be replicated. We, we were so fortunate, you know, we really are to live in a society where anybody can bootstrap themselves up and, and uh, they're not, we're not held down by a caste system and, and we, we have, still too much government interference but it's, it's not overcomable and uh and things so i just really in, in, encourage people because to me like i say maybe I, I was just always brought up that way but there's nothing better than feeling like you have control over your own destiny and when you're working for somebody else at the end of the day things there's too many things not under your control sure. so if you really want to be successful want to have that control just know that that you you can have and, but it, it, it's not going to be easy, but I'd much rather have it hard and be under my control than it being easy and then having the rug pulled out from under me. So uh, I, I, I just try and uh, help people. One of the, the most core pieces of advice I could give uh, a young entrepreneur uh, I just, I, was that early on in, in my career, I had just started my business and things were just like, going crazy it was a big hard rainstorm and I had so many opportunities and 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 and, and things and I was trying to get through I was doing the job myself and go out and doing sales calls at night and I was just burning the candle at both ends and I, I had an opportunity I was at a, a service call a callback I had to go back and, and redo work that was leaking I have another problem and I thought well I could just patch this up and and and, and I'll get back to it later and, and things like that but I I got sales calls to run and this and that and I thought you know what um I could do that, but I'm going to have to come back anyhow. And then the people are going to be disappointed. And you know what? I'm just going to spend the time and do it right here. And then I started thinking all the decisions I make. Well, what if I'm still in business five years from now or 10 years from now? Because a lot of people don't think that way. They just think, well, I just got to make payroll. I just got to make decisions. I got to get through my first year. And they don't think about that. But one of the best decisions I made, I'm going to start acting as if I'm going to be in business 50 years. I'm going to be here. I'm going to be the guy who's going to clean this up. And so I've always, and they continue to make decisions as if my company is going to be here forever. And that is our goal. Our goal is to make a sustainable company. So we make no small plans and, 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 it, and it just totally changes the decisions you make. If you decide that you want to, uh, you're going to be here and you're going to be the one to clean it up. So you make totally different decisions and you think, well, I'm just going to be here for a year or two and I'm not worried about what happens after that. So if you have that mindset, I think you're going to make better decisions and you might surprise yourself and still be in business, you know, five years from now. <laughs> Boy, am I glad I decided to do business this way. Mm -hmm. And so at least start off with that mindset. I love that mindset. I, I love that advice and that mindset. Hopefully I will be in business 50 years from now. Yeah, Melanie, I, yeah, we, we ran through the hour really, really fast. So we're probably going to go over for a little bit longer because I'm looking at John to see if he's shaking his head yes. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. um, 
Any advice for entrepreneurs or realtors or somebody getting in the real estate business from you? Yeah. Well, just kind of to back up what, what Rory said about, you know, thinking about your business, you know, more long term. And it's the same thing with like not thinking about the actual deal. I never, ever since I've been in business, thought about that one deal. I always think about what that's going to look like long-term. So I, whenever I go in and meet with a new client, um, I talk to them about how I am interested in being their lifelong realtor friend. I want to be there for ever, not just that one house, but for 10 houses later on because you know I have provided such excellent service to them. They've trusted me to be their advocate um, for one of their biggest financial decisions. And, and to me, that was the most gratifying you know, thing is to be able to have someone long-term. I think about my best client, the Hawkinsons, if they could ever hear me out there. <laughs> um, you know, I sold them their first house, and then their, se- their second house was the first deal I ever had. And I've sold them six houses since then, oh, and awesome. it went from zero kids to four kids. And yeah. it's, just, it's just so you know, amazing to go through that. But you're not going to get there if you don't provide excellent customer service and you continue to do that and you can't expect to have this long-term business with anyone if you don't continually follow up with your clients and provide value to them at all times. Um, I, you know, I learned that one time when I was just so busy and just going through the motions and um, not realizing that I need to always constantly connect with my clients. And I let that go for a while at one time. And then I remember getting a call or calling one of my clients like, yeah, we already sold our place. And I go, what? Are you kidding me? You didn't use me? And so it was uh, it was a big, you know, kind of slap in the face. And real- I realized at that moment, I'm like, oh, no, I can never do that again. I need to focus on the best customer service first. And then everything else will just follow. I never think about the, the money. I think about, you know, providing that excellent service and uh and that relationship i couldn't agree more i I can't tell you how many times i've told realtors in our office please please don't be the person who gets your commission check and never follows back up i i called the day after the closing how did your move go exactly do you guys still have any questions and then you over the process it's a very intimate process helping somebody find a home or selling their home i've become almost good friends with almost all my past clients. It's, it's right. like my uh, group of friends has grown by however many clients I've had because you get very close to somebody and you get to know somebody's family, you know, uh, significant others, and, and you just build that closeness. It's a shame that a lot of realtors do just get their commission check and then, you know, never contact them again. And those are the realtors who probably won't sell the house when they come to sell right. it again. When, absolutely. Got to stay in yep. touch. Um, great advice from both of you. John's about to write me something. No, I sometimes try to look over this to see John. So for people who can only see us, John is in the cool corner with the uh, brick wall. And uh, sometimes he writes me notes, love letters. And I I try to look to see uh, what he's writing me. And I'm short, so sometimes I can't see over the stuff. So now he's holding it higher. Uh, John's asking me to ask any book recommendations. Melanie, I'll start with you. I don't know if you're uh, a big reader or not. I, I do more audiobooks than anything. I okay, yeah, I, I, yeah, I hate to admit that. I have like three books sitting on my uh, end table right now that I try to, but I just fall asleep after like one page. I'm so tired at the yeah. end of the day, so I tend to do a lot of audiobooks as I'm driving. Um, Two of my favorites, I would say, is the and they're shorter, but it, they're short and you know impactful. Uh, the compound effect is one of them, mm-hmm. and uh, and take the stairs. Okay. Yeah. Never never read that one. Yeah. Or listened to. They're both, they're they're incredible. Okay. Actually, I read both of those. I didn't actually do Listen. the audio. I don't think there's anything wrong with Audible. So I like you. I'm in my car all the time. Actually. 
people tag me in traffic photos on social media because I have so many <laughs> traffic photos up and it's become a thing. Um, but Audible has changed my ability to consume information because instead of having to listen to the radio all the time, I throw Audible on and I'll get through a book much, much faster than like you said at the end of the day, we're exhausted. We're not going to sit there and read. Yep. So I love, love Audible. Somebody else is, you do have a lot of fans. Uh, Maddie Van Fleet, Melanie exclamation point. I've known this lovely lady for almost 25 years, the older sister of my greatest friend, Lori. Oh, You yes. are a fan favorite. <laughs> Thanks, man. And Roy, if you had a Facebook, I think you'd be a fan favorite too. <laughs> I'm a fan. Yeah, well, we're both we're both big fans of yours, and I think uh, you would probably have a lot of shout outs as well. I, I I've been getting some text messages from people because I can see it pop up on my phone about how great the information you've been you've been giving Thank is. You. Any book recommendations from you? You know, um, we're a, a big fan. Uh, we, we we at our company we, we call ourselves a tribe, and and literally. That's the way we feel and we act. Uh, there are no unimportant jobs or no unimportant people. We really, we all understand that we can't be the best we can be and, and, and advance our career as much as we can without the help of everybody else in our tribe. And our tribe actually extends to our clients, to our vendors, suppliers, and, and to our community. It's all part of the Permaseal tribe. So uh, we, we spend a lot of time uh, talking and, and learning how to become uh, better tribal members and things. A, a book that comes to mind is uh, uh, "Everybody, Everyone Matters," or "Everybody Matters." One or the other, um, and it's by Bob Chapman and Raj Sisodia, were the authors. But it talks about just that, and I, I love it because Bob Chapman has a very big manufacturing company international. He's probably got six thousand employees. And yet everyone matters, and they work very hard at making sure everybody understands that. So we've got 200 employees, you know, back up from one. You know, I went from one of the, the world's smallest waterproofer to one of the world's <laughs> largest. But still, that's a lot of people, a lot of families and stuff. And, 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 and like you say, it, it, like you're talking about your clients, you know, we just care. You know, you just care about people and, and things like that. So uh, if, you, if you, particularly if you're at the top of an organization, you own your own company or something, I'd strongly recommend that book because it really helps keep your focus on and, and, uh, and that, you know, it, it's people that, that matter. And I, it's incredible, the, the resourcefulness of, of people and what they will do when they're engaged. So we're all about employee engagement because if you're passionate uh, about the place you work and you believe in their cause, our, our cause is to make the world a better place. That's our company mission, you know. And so if that resonates with you, you want to work at a place that's working towards that end and you want to work with other people. Uh, so that's where the tribe comes in. We just attract people who have these same core values that we do. And that's what we do when I, we first settled on our company mission statement the next the very next day my, my wife says oh you know I'm, I'm getting dressed in the morning I'm, where are you going i'm going to i'm going to make the world a better place you know <laughs> <laughs> instead of i'm going to work and and that's the that's the mindset you know and you feel like wow okay that'll put a little lift in your step and make you you feel a little bit better about where you're going you know type things so I can I tell that. you, if if Melanie and I were not realtors, we'd probably come work for you. It just, Absolutely. <laughs> and, um, you know, I, I agree. Having a, and I tell people all the time, I say, you know, one of my favorite things about our office is the atmosphere. It's it's the camaraderie. It's, it's the same everybody matters mindset, you know, from the newest agent to staff to everybody we work with. And um, 
it's hard to do that when you have 200 people and kudos to you guys for being able to do that and then expanding that out to not just the people you work with but their families and you know the uh the vendors and you know all the different people your clients that's a that's an incredible way to run a business and i'm I'm certain you guys will be around for another 50, 150 years until, you know, we're living in homes that float and we don't have, we don't have, we don't have basements that flood anymore, but you'll probably find the innovative way to solve whatever problem that floating house has. Might be a grading or a tips to the right too much or tips to the left, but um, I, we're, I'm fascinated. I know Melanie is too. So oh, we're, absolutely. Um, we will always make sure you're always in business. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I'm adding you to my vendor list. I can't believe you're not even in there yet. Uh, me too. My, my assistant have, needs to hear that right now. Add him to the vendor list. We have an office. <laughs> we have an office vendors list too, and it's uh, your card's immediately going to be in there when I when I get out of here today. And uh, Really, I would love to come and sit through that course. It's been a long time since I've actually gone and sat through a real estate related course. I read a lot, I listen to a lot of Audible, and I do my very, very best to stay on top of what's going on in the real estate world, as I'm sure Melanie does too, because we have to coach and train a lot. But um, that's one I will come and sit through that's because so great. I've learned so much today. <laughs> so have I. It's, it's unbelievable. John's about to write me another love letter. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So uh, he says Roy's special offer. Well, just we, we talked about the Defender a little yeah. bit. And typically when I talk about it, it's, it's, it's like crazy. It's like people say, oh, that's a great idea. Oh, where can I get one of those and, and things like that. And uh, it, very few people have because most people don't know it exists. Like I said, we just started sure. – uh, 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 producing this, and, and, and this is our, our first year getting home. We've got about 250 in homes now, so it's it's still, but it's been four years in the making and tested, been tested very thoroughly. I wanted to make sure it did its job before we put it in the market, so it's you know I can I'll vouch for it and put the perma seal name on it, uh, type thing. So if anybody's listening and, and they'd like a basement defender in their home, uh, we're offering uh, six months free. Uh, uh, the monitoring service, uh, you know, for anybody who wants to say they heard us on the wheelhouse, they can get the, the Defender installed. Look at that, John. Wants free, free financing. So everybody listening, say you heard it on wheelhouse. There you go. I'm Make John one. and I feel special. <laughs> Melanie's going to call and say, I heard it on wheelhouse. I'm getting one. I'm for sure going to get one, but I need you guys to come out and take a look at everything else. That's a, a mess in my basement right now. I've dug up and taken out drywall in one portion of my basement because... I bought my house. I don't, you, I don't know if you were in here before uh, we started when I said this. I bought my house from my parents. I bought their house from them. And being a realtor, I still didn't get an inspection because I was like, hey, I'm buying my parents' house. What a dumb, <laughs> bad <laughs> mistake that was on that, my part. I, I have to admit, that was, was not stupid, a good but move. <laughs> I just assumed like, my parents live there. It's not a big deal. Yeah. I grew up in the house. I'll buy it. I'll renovate it. Moved in, and I never remember flooding like that. Among oh, the rest no. of the stuff, I had a sewer backup. We touched that. I was just going to ask you when you brought, what kind of shape was the sewer line in? Uh, well, backed up uh, three weeks, two to three weeks into us um, moving in. I yeah. started hearing a dripping sound as I was going to sleep. I said, "Did I leave a tub or something on?" And I'd go in, and the sewer's coming up. Well, see, that's the thing. Even if you had a home inspection, he wouldn't have no. hammered your sewer line. No. So that's a service that we offer that realtors go, "Wow, what a great idea!" Because what did it cost you to clean up the FUD, get a the lot. sewer line cleaned up and all that stuff? $3,000. That would have been a, an appropriate thing <laughs> for least. me, for the seller, 
your, your parents in this case, <laughs> that is, you know, I mean, that's the true value of the house, right? If yeah. the sewer line is this far away from getting clogged or, or, or things, you know, that's, that's a fair thing, I think, to know. Just that's why you do the home inspection, yeah. see what the true value of the home is. So uh, once we got started getting involved with, you know, sewer backup and things, and I started to understand this, I said, why doesn't everybody have their sewer line camera? I mean, it costs $225 to run a camera down there from your basement all the way out the street, and you will see in minute detail, and you'll know exactly what kind of shape your sewer line's in. Is it working great? Is it this close away from a disaster, or has it got some roots in that needs some maintenance? I, I would encourage everybody to, to get a, a, a camera. I rut. just had that same experience, just bought an investment property and had- Backed up? Like, literally a week after I closed. Everything's backing up, and then sure so, enough, yeah. they went down with the camera and saw that the there's roots yeah, just growing but, inside. So everybody thinks they have an inspection. They never think about the sewer. Yeah. And, and, and building inspectors, I tell them that, what a great idea. I mean, they're not averse to this at all. They're just not set up to do it. They right. don't do it. But they think it's a great idea because that's the one part of the house they can't inspect and they give you mm-hmm. advice on. And it's a, uh, no pun intended, crappy situation to be stuck in. <laughs> I, was, I was not happy at 2, 3 in the morning when I realized it's, it's that nasty. it happened. It was a mess. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, I'm almost guilty of not recommending it enough. And some of my clients who are watching are probably going to be like, you Son of a, <laughs> um, of recommending somebody a scope at an inspection. I've done it a handful of times, but it's something that I think should be done more so. I think when you go through it yourself, yeah, then then you tend to it, it's more top of mind, yeah, and comes to. Well, yeah, if you think about it, if it was somebody you cared about and they're going to buy a house, yeah, hey, why don't you do this? We, you might save yourself, and and we have we've saved people tens of thousands of dollars, you know, because that sewer line was shot and, and they didn't know. It. No, a lot of times the seller didn't know it. Yeah, right. the, the right. household plumbing still works because even the sewer line is clogged or broken or whatever, it seeps into the ground and nothing's back. And they might not even be aware of a problem. And most times they may not. And so it's just, it's just the right thing to do. I got a question actually on that. If you are a homeowner, how often should it be scoped or rotted out? In general, I mean, well, I look general. at it like uh, you know, you, you go to the dentist. So how often do you have X-rays or something like that? But mm-hmm. you know, if, if we do it, at least do it once, get a baseline and see what kind of shape. You know, even the house is obviously it's, it's a couple years old. Once a sewer line, it's a pipe buried in the ground. It's in a state of degradation. Okay, I mean, there's stuff flowing through it. It gets clogged up. You know, thing. It's it's a pipe. That's, it's four inches round. Okay, and when it starts up, that's plenty. But then it's it starts to get degraded and sometimes the earth settles and there's a crack and, and, and offsetting and things. And so let's just find out what kind of shape we're in. And if we see tree roots in there, we know, well, that's going to keep growing and, and maybe we can just keep rotting that out and put you on a maintenance program. Maybe we'll come out once a year and do it, but let's get a baseline. But if we, if we come out and a house is five years old and we, wow, everything's great. We may probably not do it for another five years. We'll probably be good. But if you see you have a problem that needs monitoring, then we'll, we'll, we'll rot it out this time, but let's do it again next year. So it'd be a case-by-case basis, but I think everybody should have a baseline, especially if you're buying a new house. Let's find out what kind of, what, what, where am I at? I started off at four inches. Am I at three inches? Am I at two? Am I a half inch? Where am I at? I, I love it. I've learned so much today. I, I just have one question, though, yeah. about that. So, you know, obviously during an inspection, it, you have a, a limited amount of time to be able to get everything done. Yeah. Do you have people that could come out there quickly during like that? That quick because I know that things the don't happen very days. quickly when it comes to well, you know the. It's not even just just your type of company. It's you know it's many different companies. It's hard to get people out there very quickly. And, that, and I know we've dealt with realtors with realtors <laughs> for for years, and and we understand you have timing needs and things. So that's why it's nice to when you're 
your uh, or in your Rolodex, <laughs> and I'm your guy. Because then do you, you hear can, that, everybody? I yeah. got a guy. <laughs> we got the guy. <laughs> we got the guy. guy. Um, but unfortunately, you know, when it when it's raining like it's been, we're extremely busy, and so we can't always hit that timetable. If we can't, we will tell you. But you know, uh, we will try, and we're aware of your needs. So we have urgent situations, and real estate closings are, are one of those. So we'll do everything we can. And obviously, if you're one of our preferred realtors and you've gone through my class and, and you're a regular client you're we're, we're gonna go out of our way to, to help your clients more that's going in our email signature we're totally the prefer- yes the realtors. <laughs> jordan Pyle says two of my favorites oh jordan. jordan jordan's uh he's the best yeah we love jordan he's uh was in the real estate rumble a couple he, years ago couple and years ago he yeah. was on the the real producers magazine yeah. with me mm-hmm. yeah. yeah he's great uh he just went uh he was on the ypn board with me i was the president last year he's now the vp this year um and he's watching jordan and hopefully you're still watching so you can hear us talk about you jordan watching <laughs> jordan's career and how much it's uh just kicking butt and accelerating is really fun to watch yes i've known jordan since the kind of the beginning or pretty close to the beginning we've worked together yeah he's awesome and he's a great great guy i'm, great a, I'm guy. a fan Got a great mentor in Tommy Choi, who's also the Love man. him as well. Ta- yep. Good old Tommy Choi. Mm-hmm. Except he didn't invite me. He and my other buddy Luke didn't invite me to meet Conor McGregor, so I'm, I'm bummed. <laughs> um, I think we're out of time for sure now, but um, you two are, we say this a lot, but you two are guests we definitely have to have back on. I think we could talk for hours about business, um, but uh, we've went an hour and 20 minutes. Which wow, is, we did. We did. Maybe, maybe our new record. And I got a listing appointment in 10 minutes. So. Oh, okay. Well, we got to let you go then. <laughs> so everybody, next Wednesday at 3 o'clock, listen to us again on Wheelhouse. Um, Melanie, thank you so much for running almost late <laughs> no, to a listing. No, this is wonderful. Uh, it's only right down the street. Don't worry about it. <laughs> um, you timed that perfectly then. And um, Roy, thank you so much. I mean, th- this was one of my favorite learning experiences from an entrepreneur on Wheelhouse. I cannot wait to come to Permaseal, learn more, keep in touch, and just keep learning from you. Um, I, I really, really appreciate you coming on Wheelhouse. Oh, it's totally my pleasure. I, I, I love it. I love talking about uh, business and the symmetry between our business and, and realtors and things. So thank you very much. Well, thanks for being on. Yeah. John, you got anything? No, I believe we are good. Thank you both very much for being on and everybody for watching us for an hour 20 because it flew by. It did, it did. I didn't <laughs> even look at the time clock until a few seconds ago. I said, well, we are way over. <laughs> um, so yeah, thanks guys for watching. We'll see you guys next Wednesday at three o'clock back on Wheelhouse. In three, two, one.